0: One, two, three,
1: four.
2: All right, welcome back to Country Cold Cans. I'm Logan sitting here with Kyle and Trucker Andy, and this week' very special guest, Mister Rich O'Toole. How you doing, man?
3: Doing good. My uh, my house in Houston. So in the in the kitchen, this is like my favorite spot. I love to cook, so it kind of oh yeah. Makes sense,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you cook tonight, or do you do you eat out?
3: Uh, I ate out tonight. I was late for a meeting, so I got a burrito.
0: Um, so you yeah. know, what's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, I consider myself a <laughs> cooker as well. Yeah, I'm more like
3: I do. I treat it like painting. You know, like I like to paint, mm. so it's like I'll, I'll just go to the store. And I'll go to the store and just buy like a protein and two vegetables, and I'll be like, "All right, let's do something." Mm. Cool with this, you know. Uh,
1: yeah, you're or much more serious than me.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I've done, I've done. You know, I will go to the store and I'll see like a rack of lamb. Be like, all right, let's 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 cook that. Or I'll see, you know, you'll be in there, you'll see some fun like a piece of halibut, and you'll just be like, oh, let's blacken it and mm. see what happens with some with this parsnips or something. I don't know. You just kind of play with it. It's kind of like
0: painting for the stomach. You're just like, all right, this is this is a blast. Let's do it. Yeah, I've become a uh, super sweaty because I got a blackstone for Christmas. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, but just going hard on that thing. Forever. That's like the hibachi thing, right? Yeah, like, it's just like yeah. a big flat. It's so good, man, because all the like a grease, like on a grill or whatever, you know. all your burger, you know, you know, all the flavoring just falls down in the fire on a blackstone. Yeah. It just sits there in its own grease and cooks, and it's oh my god, it's so good. That's like going to a Waffle House, man. Like, yeah, you, right. I've been. You, do you like? Do you, do you have kids or anything? Do you cook for? Like, no, I don't. Kids no, cook. I cook for the uh, fiance. Uh, yeah, to, I've been out there in the garage just watching YouTube videos on how to cook random shit on it, and taking it way too seriously. It doesn't ever come out quite as pretty, but it takes fun. Working on it, it's
3: fine. I mean, I, my buddy has one of those, and I thought about getting one. Like, you said, up to like propane, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's cool. I feel like I would use it way too much because I'm a I'm a giant like uh, what's that place, hanna You know? Like yeah. Those. Oh yeah yeah. Oh, dude, I tra- I'm, lo- I'm such a sucker for that. I, I can't yeah, get I, enough of that.
0: I tried to do the uh, the onion volcano thing and failed yeah. miserably. Failed miserably at it. It just didn't work. So don't give up. No, I think we'll. No, I, no, I want to do it. You got to you got to
3: try it like forty times. Or you got to practice yeah.
0: it. Yeah, I just envisioned myself. You know, the guy with the big white, tall white uh, chef hat on. Yeah, just <laughs> I'm working on it, but. <laughs> Most times, you know, I end up just cooking way too much food, but hey, we it for a good time.
2: Well that means next
4: yeah, time that, I'm yeah, in the waffle house, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Next time I'm in, in town, Kyle, then we're not eating a cookout. You're gonna have to cook. <laughs> You've just awesome. let out all your
4: secrets. <laughs> I'm
2: down with that. Hey, I'll make some hibachi or whatever. whatever yeah, if, burgers, I'm tour, whatever.
3: if I'm on tour if I'm on sewer, man, you gotta bring it out to the to the bus or van or whatever let's well, let's fine. have it backstage and have a cook off.
0: Yeah, I got a pickup truck, I'll haul it up there.
2: Yeah, that's all. We'll we'll party (laughs) out. It's awesome. It's it's funny, man, because like I just realized, like right when, um, uh, right before you came on uh, the Zoom link, I was like, I saw something on Twitter. I was said it was today is like National Chili Day, and I was like, of course, the day that we have Rich on the show is National Chili Day. I was like the irony in that because that wasn't planned at all. <laughs> I was like, but I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on it because I know you get asked this all the time, but I do kind of want to know like the the origin of how you know because it, it seems like man every time I'm on Twitter somebody's tagging you in something about beans and jelly. So like, yeah, how, did that, how did that even start?
3: I think it got so crazy that I think that like they put it on Yellowstone. The argument, the argument, is like two years old. It started two years ago on Twitter. I was. You know, I'm from Texas, born and raised, and my dad's from Minnesota, and he has a chili recipe, and it always has beans in it. And I, you know, I've I've been to Texas, and I've kind of I heard that, and like uh, William Clark Green has his shirt, and like you know, we played Chili Fest, and they have a cook off, and it's like no beans. So finally, I made a I put my chili recipe up like two years ago, and I mean, it it just started like you would have thought it was, you thought you would have thought it would been a conversation about abortion or like war. It it was like so insanely intense that I was like, oh my God, I'm not I'm gonna keep poking the bear. Like this is is absolutely insane. So like we just kept I just kept tweeting and it just got so out of control where people were like, I don't think anyone sent me a death threat, but it it got, you know, I I think it was like violence was involved in some of these tweets. Like, you know, yeah. Or asking me to like, I'm not texting or I should get the you know, can you, can you cuss on here?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, feel free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay.
3: Like, get the fuck out of Texas. I'm like, I'm born and raised from Texas, you know? It's like, and then, I, you know, I lived in New York for a year and I lived in LA for four years, just doing writing for like films and movies and stuff. And they're like, go back to LA, you know, slur. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa dude. I'm, I'm 38. I spent my first 29 years. I never even left the, the state, bro. Like, right. What are you talking about? And it's funny, is like there's so many Texans that do put beans in there, but yeah, it's some kind of like weird cowboy unwritten like I'll kick your ass rule if you put beans in my chili. Like it's <laughs> yeah. well, I
0: hate to tell um, I, they're wrong. Beans do belong in chili, but 100 they do. Yeah, <laughs> no.
3: I mean, and I've I've had it where like that's a, that's the argument. I'm like, look, I love. Chili without beans. I just put it on spaghetti or hot dog topping. I'm Not gonna sit there and eat it out of a bowl like an animal. <laughs> it's all <laughs> yeah. grease. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the bean, like the bean falls apart and helps like soak up that grease, mm-hmm. and keeps it like edible. You know what I'm saying? Like keeps yep. it on the cracker. Besides that, it's just like Heartburn City. So I'm like, what are you what are you talking about?
0: I mean, they grew a whole piece of is it is a produce, I reckon it is. It's called a chili bean. Yeah. What else oh, do you chili. do with it? What else do you yeah. do other than put it in chili? I,
3: I, think it's, it's, I think it's more of a San Antonio, like, Hispanic origin type thing because they call it chili con carne, which means, like, meat and chili. So back in the day, like, on the ranch. Mm. But then the article came out. I don't know if y'all saw this, like, three weeks ago. This, this, got so, this, got, this fight got so insane that Texas Monthly picked it up, and they, had, they put, like, a guy on the case. And they're like like a guy that like would research like dinosaurs or something so like they like he went all the way back to like the like the 1500s with like the conquistadors and they and they found like the original recipe and it had beans in it so it's kind of like i won the argument that beans actually were first in chili and then i think on the ranch what happened was you know the cow to, to cook a chili bean down it takes like seven hours to get it soft, mm-hmm. right can't yep. spot out of can so i think what they were doing is they had like meat they had chilies they would grind up the chilies make it into a paste then add it with the meat and they call it chili and then the, i think it's one of those things where hey this is chili now and if you make it with with beans you know you're just an, you're just an asshole so it, <laughs> it, 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 it kind of like i don't even know what, what it is but it's definitely a thing
0: yeah, yeah so you were vindicated
3: yeah i know mean, it was authentic yeah it was hey man You know, I think I won the the war here. It turned into almost personal now. Now it's like it's personal.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's like you can't back out now.
3: (laughs) No, I'm like, let's go. I mean, it's gonna turn into like me like boxing someone in like a celebrity like chili match or something. It's gonna get like so out of control. (laughs) Or I get assassinated at a show by somebody, like you know, it's just I can only imagine where it goes from here,
4: but yeah. And I'm I'm guessing even though you won the war, they're still trying to run you out of the state for putting beans and chili. They just don't care that you're right. I
3: think people are now like – so my buddy is like a big anti-chili. He owns a restaurant here in town, and tomorrow he's making O'Toole chili on the menu, and it has beans in it. And he's like, well, Mm. let's just see if anyone shows up. I'm like, I think people will show up, man. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. people like chili and beans in their chili, so –
2: yeah, it, it's funny because like it's one of the things I do admire about Texans. But at the same time, like it's like it, it's funny to me how stubborn a lot of Texans are about the beans and chili thing. Because like literally everywhere outside of Texas, it's like beans yeah. and chili. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Anywhere outside the state, yeah. Seriously. Like, you know. <laughs> but no, you now, a lot of Texans. I mean, Texans is made up of a lot of Germans. Um, it's, it's made up from a lot of people from Poland. A lot of they're all immigrants you know so i think they all have the recipe so i don't know why these people think that beans wouldn't go in chili but hey look i understand i get it you know it's 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 either your family did did it with beans or they didn't and like you just don't mess up it's like the same people that open gifts on christmas morning versus like christmas eve it's Mm. the same thing it's like you follow your family's like rules and you know, <laughs> someone disagrees
2: with it. It's like, fuck you, motherfucker. You know, yeah. A- <laughs> yeah, it, it's totally like, it. yeah, it's funny. It's, yeah, it's, it's like when people, uh, when they get married and then their Christmas traditions are so vastly different. And it's like, and then you're yeah. like, this isn't Christmas. <laughs> but it's, yeah, so I, Christ- yeah, I, yeah, I get that. I get that. But no, I had to ask that because I've, I've been wondering about like what the origin behind that was. Because I know that on Twitter, like it's just kind of become its own thing. And I guess my, my last question on the chili thing would be like, does it do you? Did you ever think that it would get to be this big on Twitter with your uh followers? And does it ever? Sometimes you're kind of like, "Hey, I mean, it's kind of annoying."
3: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's for people point, tagging I, I you all kind of the time. Into it, like a couple months ago, I said, "Hey, this is my last tweet about this." But then it's it's just not because then I'll see a comment and then I'm like, "Okay, I can't not retweet this," you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it's a never ending song. Like I don't think this will be. I, I, I'll have to put it on my gravestone. Like, hopefully, I make it to like my seventies, and on my gravestone, it's it's like add beans. It's all it fucking says on that. <laughs> you know, like it's, it'll just become like it won't die until I die.
2: So. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing uh, we want to kind of want to start off with uh, once we shifted away from the the beans talk is you have a new single out, low hanging fruit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I I've been digging that one because it it's like. Uh, get to talk about that for a little bit, but it's like, for me, it's almost like, it's kind of like a, um, not so biting, but kind of an indictment about like the country music industry, like the different areas of of country music, not like one in particular, but just kind of like the industry as a whole in some ways.
3: Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I lived, I bought a house in Nashville, you know, two months before the pandemic hit, I bought this, like my dream home. And I went to work, um, not really work I've never even had a, a real job. thank God um, It's not <laughs> because my there's always like these things it's like riches is like a trust plate no my my mom and dad we grew up really poor on the west side of Houston and um it was a thing where you know I was so lucky when I left when I graduated from a m that we had someone of a falling and I could make a decent living you know living off of you know you know tip jars and like three or four hundred dollar acoustic gigs. Um to pay rent but um that being said like so i was in nashville i was working for average joe's because they gave me a record deal and they said well hey why don't you start your own texas label and we'll sign people like that are in nashville from texas or go down to texas and sign with nashville and you know it was during the pandemic and it was like one of those things where i was going out all the time especially out when i was like drinking like i i went out seven nights a week and i would just it got to a point where you know the low hanging fruit song is not a Hating on Nashville is this hating on these like guys that move there that just want to be famous. Like right. it's not about the music to them, it's just about the game. And to me, it's about the music. I mean, it's like I'm in this to, to be a songwriter, I'm in it to be um a guy put on a great show, and the show is about my songs. This happens that the show is good, not the show's good. These guys that are there. They'll go and, you know, buy an expensive cowboy hat and tight jeans and all this BS and they'll get up and just play the game and they'll make their little TikTok videos and make the little Instagram videos and all their BS. And look, I wear skinny jeans. I wear cool cowboy hats. I do all this shit too. I wear cool boots. I don't play that game. And Nashville plays that game. And it's like, to me, it's like, we're just, we're so tired of that. And that's what really that song was. It was just the frustration of when I left Nashville to move back to Texas the frustration of, like, these people that come there. And I understand females, like, the females in country music are, you know, far in in between. Miranda Lambert's real, you know, every you know, Caitlin Butts, like, there's a real female artist, but, like, 90% of them, they kind of go up there and it's like, I'm hot, my dad's paying for (laughs) it. I can kind of sing. I totally get that. But when a guy's doing it, there's, like, more responsibility to, to, like, be more like Steve Earle and less, like, you know florida georgia line or something i'm not putting those guys down they're cool i'm just saying it's like hey stop trying to be famous just try to write great stuff and if you write great stuff you will become famous you know yeah so that's kind of what that song (laughs) i'm sorry i'm like talking here but that's what that song's about is like just not hitting on Nashville. it's hitting on the the dudes that move there Yeah. It's like, God, stop moving here to do this.
2: Yeah. It's like chasing social media clout. Cause like, uh, like you said, there's a line in the song, like TikTok for curb appeal. Like that, that just, that kind of really sums it up what some folks they get into the industry it's all about, but it's like the one, one guy that's made it really big in Nashville that I think has probably navigated the system the best I've always said as a dude, I've been a fan of since I was a little kid is Dierks Bentley. He's been able to, he's been able to balance like the, you know, the art and the commerce and be able to play the game, but it's still at the same time have songs that actually say something.
3: Hundred percent. My buddy uh, bought a house in Telluride, and so I get to see Dirks every now and again. And then uh, when we're up there, and that's one of the best examples. Uh, And Dirks loves the Texas scene so much that, like Cody Canada, named his first son after Dirks. And uh, you know, Dirks was opening for Ragweed when they were when they were first coming out, and Dirks loved Texas music, and he just found a way to make both of it work, like be in the machine. But also do it. But I think that he struggled being that real too, because yeah. there was a the time when Dirks really wasn't selling tickets and they probably wanted him to come out with a sellout single, which I think he's kind of flirted with when like drunk on a plane. He probably didn't want to do that, but did it because the label's like, look, dude, we need that Rascal sell sellout single.
2: Right. So we can fill
3: stadiums, you know, and so Dirks has really played the game probably better than anyone in that town. And that, you know, what's funny is I used to walk to the coffee shop by my house and Dirks would be there with his laptop with every other Vanderbilt sorority girl and no one, everyone would leave him alone. And he was just typing away. And this is like a year ago. This is when he's like gigantic. Oh, wow. (laughs) So like that dude, that dude deserves everything he did. He's a hard worker and, you know, really did it the right way. So that's a really good example, you know,
2: yeah, I've always like seen him kind of like uh, be uh, more involved with the Texas scene than the average Nashville guy, because I think he was in was it Andy? Wasn't he in the Kevin Fowler music video for hell? Yeah, I like beer. I want to say it was Yeah, thanks. So. I think he was, yeah, but yeah. I, w-
4: I would like to agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah,
2: I think that's right. I can't remember, so don't quote me on not it. Not one hundred
4: percent sure either. Yeah.
2: yeah, but so with you being in, um, for uh, I guess for lack of like me not being able to classify better, like coming within the Texas scene, like how how different is that versus like the Nashville kind of machine, so to speak.
3: Um, you know, has it has it's had, it has its problems too. It has its beefs. It has its anger. Um as this jealousy, there's only so many people that can get on so many festivals, so many club gigs. There's only so much money to go around. So, I mean, it has its problems as well, but it's real, you know, and you're going to get called out. You, you're you not going to drop a single. And I get called out sometimes. even, you know, I developed a lot of ha- haters early on because I was releasing songs like Drunk Girl and songs that kind of sounded like Nashville because, you know, 10 years ago, there was a part of me that was a little bit vain that wanted that fame that wanted to be, you know, a superstar and stuff. So I kind of flirted with that line. Um, So one thing about Texas is like, you're not going to get away with, you know, Mm -hmm. in Texas country, if you come out with like, girl shake it for me or something, you show up to a club. Someone's going to go, Hey dude, that's the worst song I've ever heard. I don't care if it's making money or not. It's just not going to work down here, you know, pack Mm -hmm. it up. It'd be like if you went to, like, a honky-tonk and I showed up with, like, one of those big Joan like foam cowboy hats, right? And, like, yeah. big like, air horns, like, yeah, I'm a cowboy! And they'd be like, God, take that shit off, man, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> get your you know, ass beat, Get your ass kicked real quick. And, I mean, that's Texas. That's why I said in, in, in Low Hanging Fruit, it says that when you're in Texas, you shut your mouth. It's like, if you come down here and tour and you're in Nashville, be very curious, talk good about the scene, and, and then get the hell out. You know? Yeah. Because they do well. Like, I mean they sell out they sell more tickets. The big national guys sell more tickets than the Texas country guys, unless you're, you know, Cody Johnson or maybe Randy. But other than that, like, you know, Al will come down and sell out, you know, amphitheaters, directs will sell out, you know, Texas people love national country. It's just don't come down here and like trash it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it don't don't like compare it like it don't like trash it and say it's like the minor leagues or anything, because it's, it's a different, in my opinion, better style of country. Because I'll be honest, I like some stuff in Nashville. Like I, right. we're, we're not as hardcore of a podcast as some of our um people that are in the same space as us. We're like Andy and I are like we're, we're big fans of people like Hardy and and some of the younger kind of more, as we like to call them, the frat pack kind of guys that are around yeah. our age, yeah. like late 20s, early 30s dudes like we like their music. Um, But at the same time, like we we still are big, big fans of like the independent self in Texas. And um, I I think that this is me not being disparaging towards like the Americana crowd, but like Americana sometimes gets a little bit too in their own head where they think everything can't they don't want to ever have any songs that are just fun. You know what I mean? There's a balance, I think, with music that that sometimes the the uh, artsy Americana side doesn't always get that aspect of it.
3: Yeah, uh, Amer- and, You know, I'm not an Americana as much, and I talk about that in the song too. I said Americana is the truth, and it really is. I'm a giant Jason Isbell fan, but oh, I don't yeah. think our I don't think our shows that ever work together. Um, I'm a gigantic Jamie Lynn Wilson fan, I'm a giant, you know, Hayes Carl and um, you know Americana fan, but like Americana is like the emo chick at the lunch table where you're like <laughs> i totally get it
2: yeah i get it you're
3: i get it you know manson rocks or whatever and like you got the makeup and you look awesome but like why you know why, why are you so mad why are you so sad all the time you know like don't want an upbeat song every right now and then, but they exactly. won't you
1: know <laughs> yeah
3: they're 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 sticking it to the man i mean that's like that's why i said americanas the truth is they really are just like the last people to stick it to the man. I'm oh, not, yeah. not going to write a pop song. They're right. not going to write for a label. They're just an emo chick that just is not sing at their shoes and just tell you how it is. And you're like, yep, I get yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong at all. Like I'm a big yeah. fan of all those, uh, folks you mentioned. Like I, I think his is arguably one of, if not the best, but one of the top three writers of his generation. And um it, so it's like I love their music. It's just at, at the same time it's like what I, I think I admire about the Texas music scene is um you have the really sometimes heavy but a good songwriting, but at the same time, they've got some fun songs that are great live where you can just kind of like hold a beer up to and be like, you yeah, know this is a good time
3: yeah, if you're you know that's the thing is if you come, if you come like I, if you come to one of my shows like I sing. Five or six serious songs in the set. The rest are a lot of like upbeat, fun songs, man. People had a hard day. It's Friday night. I don't want to hear about, you know, the same Americana song. And, you know, it's like, dude, I'm already sad all week, (laughs) anyway. So, um, no, I get it. And they don't, that's how they are. Like, they don't want to be famous. Like, it's almost like, it's almost like you'd piss off the first, the first, the first way to piss off someone in Americana is make them really famous. Yeah. You know, like, call an Americana artist and be like, what have put you on tour with the Eagles? They'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I wasn't trying <laughs> to be... Look, I'm cool <laughs> with just playing to 30 people a night, man. like, you know, I got, my, I got my hat. I got my guitar. Like, I don't... You know, that's like the... I think that's their kryptonite is fame,
2: yeah. you know? It's, like so the new, know? it's like the new punk rock in some ways.
3: <laughs> right. But then I'll see all the Americana writers and all the Americana DJs will sit there and just trash Nashville, trash Red Dirt, trash Texas country because they're like... Well, you know, Rascal Flatts can a stadium. Then why isn't uh, Sergio Simpson selling out a stadium? It's like, man, Sergio's happy with probably you know doing three thousand tickets a night at Red Rocks. I don't think he wanted to to do that. He doesn't want to put on the glitter. You know, there's ballet dancers and there's strippers. Like, they, you, you, gotta pick,
2: you, you gotta pick what you want to do, man. You know? So <laughs> that's a great analogy. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. It is.
4: The hardcore Americana fans are like the same way too. You can make, one artist can make 30 amazing songs in a row. They make one song somewhat mainstream. They want to kick them out. It's like, look, man, I just want to make a couple bucks. They just do <laughs> yeah. not care. Yeah.
3: I'll, I have a bunch of friends in Americana and they'll send me songs. And I'll be like, don't release that, dude. You're going to get kicked the fuck out of your genre. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's same to me. Like the, the first way to piss off an Americana fan is, is say that you like Rich O'Toole. They're like, oh, Rich O'Toole. Oh. That guy, he's so red dirt country. Like, he's so, <laughs> just, yeah, you know, it's like, I don't even you know, you know, it's like, I'm a, I'm a hamburger, I'm a good hamburger, but they want something so fucking weird that they're like, you know, they're like, it has to be from this exotic farm in New Zealand. That has to be this farmer like, had organically to, like, grown. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I like Richard It's like all American hamburger. What's wrong with that? <laughs> and that's kind of what, you know, I pride myself is right down the middle. I'm not the, yeah. I don't want to do that.
2: Yeah, I think I think the one thing I've always liked about your music is where where it kind of speaks to people like me and it's like it's my favorite type of sound. Like your music is obviously country, but at the same time, it has kind of like some uh, some definitely some like rock and roll influences. And I think that's like in my mind, that's like the perfect marriage when you you come to like the sound of a song. And that's why I think I've always been like a big fan of yours, because and I think that's something Texas does really well um, is combining those two things, because you can you can do both and do them well and still have something to say. Yeah, no,
3: and that's like I, when I tell people ask me all the time. They're like, they're like, your music's so different. How do you describe it? And I was like, look, I'm a giant Gin Blossoms fan, but I'm also a giant Brooks and Dunn fan. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it's kind
3: of like Brooks and Dunn had a kid with the Gin Blossoms. They're like, that is so weird. I was like, I know, man. I can't help that. You know, <laughs> it, it's gonna sound like the gin. It's gonna sound like Brooks and Dunn are singing over the Gin Blossoms. Like, and that's just what I love. I love that about that and i'm gonna keep making ritual tool records and it's always gonna sound like that um but i but i like that it's like i don't want to bite into banana in 15 years and be like whoa what is this this tastes like cotton candy what the fuck is this you know (laughs) and so it's like you're gonna get exactly what you're gonna get with me i try sometimes to go a little weird or sometimes go a little more country but mostly it's you know what is in my head and that's what the kind of the mixture is yeah
4: your stuff does a good job with that, too, like lyrically wise, too, because you got stuff like marijuana and jalapenos. And then yeah. Like January 21st, straight up sad boy music. Yeah. And, and I, try to, I, try to add,
3: I try to add January 21st to so like Urban Disgrace or like all my like, you know, cut your wrist music in the set. and It just doesn't work. <laughs> People like go use the restroom. And I'm like, well, fuck, man, they're paying. Them. You know, yeah. uh, it's like being a chef and being like, this is cow's liver. Be like,
2: no one wants that. <laughs> yeah. It's I, I saw a lot of that. So like um me being you know, I've been living in Raleigh, North Carolina for about a decade now. And um so naturally when I moved here I discovered like American Aquarium. And yeah, yeah. like if you I don't know if you've ever seen their live show, but they're like they're great, like a great live band. But it's it's funny because like you can tell the hardcore um AA fans versus like the newer fans because most of their show is pretty up-tempo and pretty rock and roll, but BJ definitely has a, um, affinity for like, you know, the really sad, well-written tearjerkers. And he tries to play some of those in concerts. And when the newer fans are there, like they were at uh, road trip rally this past year, it's like you get a lot of people almost getting in fights in the crowd because the old fans are telling them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and the new fans yeah. are just like, where, where's the guitars at? <laughs> like they're just being obnoxious in the background. <laughs>
3: No, I'm I'm scared of American Aquarium fans. I I think BJ is like a I almost call him like a maestro. Like he really conducts his show really well. There's a lot of, you know, like a lot of times when we write set lists, we try to start like I do this. I I go, you know, the first three songs are really upbeat. Then I bring it down. It's like the cricket song and it goes really upbeat. I bring it down. I try to do four hills and four valleys, you know, the hill being this and then straight down like a roller coaster, then straight back up. And BJ does a really, really great job at that. But when I said like scared of American aquarium fans, is they're they're so die hard, and BJ I think has got his fan base so tuned in that yeah you just don't mess with that. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't. You sit there and shut up and like listen to him. I mean, that's, exactly. <laughs> he's one of the most talented guys in our scene, and like he's he's got it really dialed in and. um He's great. He's a great rider.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, he even sells a t shirt that says uh, shut up and listen to BJ Barham. <laughs> yeah.
3: And I re- I love that he goes on, like, you know, my my social media is way out of control. And we'll we'll get into that in a second. But like he really he'll fight. No one knows where I stand politically, and no one ever will. Yeah. Everyone knows, <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows
0: it's, where he stands. It's not a question. <laughs> uh, everyone And I'm like, something.
3: dude, this guy's just not scared of not selling tickets, but the people show up, man. You know, it's like Good for you, dude. You know, good for you. Yeah. You got a backbone. I don't have a backbone. I'm playing for the governor on Tuesday and he's paying me a, a bunch of money to be there. And I get a lot of shit for that because it's like half my crowd likes him, half dozen. I say, hey, look, man, I'm I think I got to pay mortgage and I got a car note. and Like, I. I got to do what I got to do. You know, I'm a musician. I was in the phone. Yeah, I was on the phone at Ray Wiley Hubbard uh, today. And um we were talking about that. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm for hire, man. I'm a clown that juggles. Like, just because your birthday party is Republican or Democrat, I'm still going to show them juggle. Like, well, why do I give a
0: shit? Exactly. You know, um, the and same that's the hardest problem. Yeah. yeah. Where
2: it comes from. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. So. Did we, yeah. Didn't we talk about it on the show? When that's what I was bars? about to say. I. I yeah, say- we did. Yeah, I think we did, I, and I think that, um, Kyle, I think that a few episodes ago, it was the episode we lost because the, um, because Carter, Carter, our yeah, buddy, yeah. was on the show with us, and his audio just was fucked up. But so we couldn't ever release it. But we actually talked about the un like the the ridiculous reaction some people on Twitter gave to you when they saw you play at a Greg Abbott event or like or i don't even know if it was an Abbott event he just happened to be there but like we were just like dude like why are people so upset about this because i have artists that i listen to that i agree with politically and some that i disagree with vehemently i still listen to the music because if i like the art i'm going to listen to the art Uh, i just don't know why people let that get in the way of having a good time and consuming music that's good music Mm -hmm. i'm sure
0: lee greenwood disagrees with yeah, <laughs> oh, <so it's> a <laughs> yeah. Political but everybody plays this music at political rallies, you know. How great yeah. would
3: it be if like Lee Greenwood came out as like trans or something? Like, be <laughs> yeah. so amazing. Like, everyone would be like so upset.
0: Yeah, or, you know, be
3: like what? What from the lakes of Minnesota? Yeah. It's like, what?
0: Is it a Bernie uh, Sanders rally? Bernie Sanders yeah, isn't allowed like, to yeah, use my it's music. Like, it's like
3: he's <laughs> singing about America. It doesn't mean yeah, it's your version of America. It is America. And that's the funniest thing about America is, like, I keep my mouth shut, but I will say this. Like, everyone has a right to choose, and everyone has a right for what they believe in. Yeah. And that's their right. You know, one thing that we're doing in America right now is we're taking everyone's rights away. Because it's like not like if someone said, and look, I do not believe this at all, but if someone said, like, um, you know, like I don't, I don't, I think the Confederate flag's stupid. I have a lot of African American friends and it really insults them and I would never be caught dead. I played a venue uh, two years ago and they had like, they had one there and I just asked the owner to take it down while I was on stage, you know. Um, but I will say this like, one thing about America is if you, if you want to, If you want to be gay and marry a parrot, you're totally allowed to do that, man. (laughs) If you want to fly a Confederate flag at your house because you think that your great uncle would have loved that and that's your heritage or whatever, you you know what? You have every right, actually, to believe that, too. You have The one thing about America that I love is you have the right to kill yourself by overeating. You have the right to do whatever you want to do. And we can't tell you no. And that's a, the whole thing that's going on in our society is you have so many people going, we need to fight for this right, this right, this right, this right, this right. And then you have the right going, well, I believe this, 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 and this. And they're like, you're fucking wrong. And it's like, wait, it, they're not wrong and you're not wrong. Yeah. This is America. You're allowed right. to be free and do whatever you want to do. That's why, I don't, that's why I don't say anything about politics because it doesn't matter. It's not my choice to tell anyone that believes in my music
1: what yeah. they should believe
3: in. That's not my choice. I don't, that doesn't, you know, it's not It's not my choice to do that. It's your choice. You can choose to do whatever you want.
0: It reminds me, uh, a couple of years ago, my sister was watching some show on TLC where some woman married herself. And I was like, only in America could you get probably a million-dollar TV deal so you can marry yourself. And then I saw, like, a couple months ago that she's divorcing herself because she found love and she was in an affair against herself or some yeah. fucking crazy shit like that. I'm just, or, you know, that <laughs> one woman who who married a wall or some crazy shit. And I'm like, only in America could could this be on TV. People that shit doesn't know. really,
3: like, I love Europe. Have y'all spent any time in Europe? I have
0: not. I haven't,
3: no. A lot of that, that I've been I've been to Italy like six or seven times. We actually played over there um, three or four times in like France and stuff like that. But they don't put up a lot of bullshit like that over there. It's kind of still old school. It's kind of yeah. like, some you know, if you can if you if you said that an old grandma would come over and hit you in the head with like a like <laughs> with like a with a with a rolling pin, you know, and it, that's what kind of makes America great is yeah. not really giving a fuck, you know, hundred percent. Go to Walmart. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a website dedicated to people of Walmart. Yeah, yeah. If You want to wear
3: you want to wear a trash bag as a skirt, like and be seven hundred pounds, like you can you can do it, man. Yeah, we we I sort of got like America invented like diabetes and all that. Like probably. we invented
0: it. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. it's like it, we're amazing that we invented like the most insane diseases. <laughs> I couldn't get it. when I was in Italy. I couldn't get a doctor cover to save my life. And if I ordered more than one, they looked at me like I was crazy.
0: Uh, we we have a girl that, uh, my yeah, my work who is originally from England, and she said when she moved over here, she the craziest thing that she had ever seen was a 44 ounce soda was cheaper than the small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she was, what the hell? <laughs> you know, you get the, the ultimate big gulp and it's like 69 cents and the little 20 ounce is like a dollar 29.
3: <laughs> I know. It gets an, you know when we're on the road touring, that really actually gets annoying because I asked for the smallest cup possible and the smallest still 20 ounces mm-hmm. because it doesn't like fit in the cup holder. If you're in the van or you're in the tour bus, it's hard to have a 64-ounce, like, thing without it's sloshing around. and mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want that big. They're like, well, sir, it's only 19 more cents. It's like, I don't want it. Dude, I will pay $5 <laughs> for this mall, okay? I just want
2: <laughs> one of Like, can you cut it in half? We're like, come on, man. Yeah no you're right we do have uh it is probably the only places like that and we and like i'm very guilty of of having a lot of like i've switched to like sugar-free drinks but still even sugar-free soft drinks are still probably not good for me in the long run no
3: yeah Um, i'm yeah i'm I'm in on that i I drink like four diet cokes a day and it's fucking terrible yeah Uh, i'm a guy of excess man like we'll we'll get into that in a second you know i recently like had a big relapse with like alcohol And I just fucking love red wine, man. I posted a video on my social media, like, um, I think it was Saturday One of my friends died on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. So I just got, I just got to drink it, man. And by Saturday I was like blackout drunk and I fucking turned on my camera to like Twitter. And I was like, I I was like crying and shit. And, um, you know, it was a thing where it's like America taught me, especially being in college taught me to abuse alcohol it really did like that's all you see on barstool sports that's all you see on anything is like how many beers can i put in my body how much wine can i put in my body it's cool to like try to kill yourself in america it really is i mean I'm not, look, yeah, this, yeah. this is what really downhill but it's <laughs> like it's really cool to jump off like a 20-story like semi, or like a twenty foot semi onto a white table and break it, and just like break right. your neck at a football game. It's yeah. cool to consume forty beers in one night. Like that's a cool thing to do. It's yeah. like, dude, your organs can shut the fuck down yeah. with that.
2: It's not sustainable long term. I mean, we no. the, th- the three of us have talked about that uh, in the past. Cause like, we're all, uh, like around 28. So it's like, we're, we're at that point now where, um, you know how in college, like it's a lot of binge drinking, like, you know, that's oh, just yeah. what people do. Yeah. It's like, you know, you go out all the time you're probably going out three, four nights a week, some weeks. And then it's like, you know, it kind of continues a little bit, um, like first couple of years out, but like now we're kind of where we're at now. It's like hardly nobody drinks much anymore. It's like, you still have your days where you get after it. Um, when right. you, you and the boys are hanging out at like a football game or something, but you're right though. It's like, it, it does seem like that in America, especially like with, um, college culture and everything, like it it is a poison that we're putting in our body and you can only do it a lot for so long before it becomes detrimental to your health long-term.
3: Mm-hmm. And I, and even short-term, I mean, like I had, we rushed my buddy in college to the hospital and like, he was on like life support because he drank like 41 drinks and it's really not, this is like one thing that like people don't know. It's it, it's not your liver that you should worry about Your liver will, your liver actually, you can cut your liver in half and it will, it's the only organ in your body that will actually grow back.
2: Oh wow. Like I did you know cut that. your,
3: yeah. If you cut your arm in half, it's not going to half, It won't go back. The liver will, you're not going to die of liver failure till you're like 50 or 60. And that's even if you're drinking like a bottle of liquor a day, it's your pancreas. Yeah, it's not your liver you got to worry about. It's your pancreas that you are really should sure about when you're young. And we don't like, we don't teach kids like really how to drink, you know, even on tour. I mean, it was just fun to get like fucked up all the time. And that's kind of what like, you know, with COVID for me, all of a sudden I couldn't tour for a year and a half. I blew through all my savings. I never suffered from depression. I always had a lot of anxiety, um, but I was fine. I have a couple beers before I go on stage. It was no big deal. I never really had an alcohol problem. But I'll tell you what, like during COVID, it just got to the point where I'm not making any money. I'm blowing through my savings. I mean, I probably blew through $90,000 to $100,000 of savings that I had from touring over the past 10 years and spent that all in a year and a half because I'm so bored. I'm not making any money. got to pay mortgage. I got to pay a car band. No money's coming in. So, yeah, I'm drinking two bottles of wine a day. Because, you know, at at around 1130 or noon, my girlfriend would come over and we'd open wine and I'd cook pork chops. And by, you know, by midnight, we're on bottle four or five, naked in the kitchen, just fucking crazy, you know. And that was every single day for a year and a half. You can imagine where one day I had to wake up going, okay, I'm an alcoholic. I I no longer, this is no longer fun. This is like, I need it for medicine. Mm -hmm. That's where it got sad for me, just to like fill y'all in was like I had to, so, you know, I'm sober now <laughs> since last Saturday, but uh, now it's like, I have to take it really seriously because like now I really do see it as more medicine than I do see it as um, fun, you know, and then COVID just put me in that situation. And I think it put a lot of musicians in that situation. Um, especially a lot of people in the Texas country scene, that I've been talking to, they're all in kind of investigating going to rehab or investigating their alcoholism because it's just, it shut us down. It ended our, it ended our businesses for almost two years. And we were so used to like always being on the road and usually on the road, you're not drinking as much as you think because you have sound checks, you go to the hotel and you're driving. So you're not really like drinking during the day, you're busy, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the thing where, you know, it just got the best of me. And it, and I, then I really started like acting out. It was more a thing where I would go to dinner and I'd be an asshole or I'd be sarcastic and, I consider myself a smart guy. And, you know, when people like that get drunk, they're smart, they're smart asses. You know, I, I would tell a girl or her her shirt looks like shit. You know, shit like that where this wasn't a character for me being a nice, a nice individual. So it was like, you know what? I don't I think this thing's like really, you know, hey, look, in four or five years we'll, you know, we'll have a share of glass of wine. My wife, yeah, probably. I don't know. But right now it's like I really gotta focus on getting my company back. And putting out another record and getting to a level where we're actually making money and turning a profit because, you know, COVID shuts down and just having alcohol in that equation, like, it's just not going to work. And that that's kind of what why I sent that, that video out.
4: Yeah. It's one of, the, like, the most dangerous things that can happen to somebody is, like, losing their purpose. And I, I would guess, like, not being able to tour and all that stuff is almost kind of, to an extent, losing your purpose
3: hundred percent. It was, and it was, and I'd never had depression. I was depressed. I mean, my mom, like she came over on Sunday and I never, she never comes to us, comes to my house and she's at my front door. And I was like, Oh fuck. And she was like, dude, you got to get happy again. You're just not happy. You got to go back to like, you know, 2014 rich and like where you're like, so excited to go on tour because I've been doing some tour dates and she's like, you're just not, like, I see you on stage. You're not happy to be there you're you're just trying to get drunk you just are you know on the microphone telling people to shut the fuck up you know and the thing was like i wasn't happy and that's kind of where i'm excited to really get back out there and like get happy again and i think that my depression will go away i think my anxiety will go away when i feel like i do have a a purpose so i think you kind of nailed it on that is once i find i have a purpose again and once i find you know that the band keeps growing. Cause you know, I, I just, I turned, I just turned 38. So like, I'm not, I guess I'm old for, because now there's like 21 year old TikTokers that are famous, but I don't consider myself old in Texas country, you know, Texas country guys like Robert O'Kane and, you know, Randy Rogers and those guys, those guys are, you know, 10 years older than I am. So I still have a I I feel like I still have a good 10, 15 year career left to really put out five or six more really great records and tour and put on some good shows. So you kind of nailed it there, and I think that's kind of what I have to focus on. And you know, I think with alcohol, it's just no way to. And it's one of those things where I could stop at like two or three, but why? Why do it? You know, why feel that over in the morning? Why not just jog and get in shape again and fall in love with your music and get up early and and try to do it for your fans? So that was kind of the background of it, you know.
2: So. Yeah, it's it's one thing that I've heard BJ Barham say before that it's like you've never heard anyone say they they got sober and their life went to shit. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. w- normally it's like the other way around, because um, w- while like, you know, don't get me wrong, like we all the three of us like to have a good time and we've had some good times, you know, when we're all hanging out. But at the same time, there is a, an inflection point where it it, get, it becomes too much and it starts to control. And when, mm-hmm. when you're not the one in control and it's in control, I mean, you're hundred percent, right. That's where like things start to go bad and it, it puts you in a bad mental space. And a like, mental health is something that I personally don't think that in the past that the country has talked about enough because it right. is, it is something that's very real. I mean, like I, I've been someone that, um, that too, like, uh, there have been times in my life where I've battled with depression when I was a child and that's like, it's like being an alcoholic. It's not something that ever really leaves you. Like, uh, you may be a recovering alcoholic, but at the end of the day you're still fighting it. Whereas like dealing with mental health stuff, it's the kind of the same thing. So it's like, I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear, like, you know, like you said, like you you, taking it where you're like, you know, this is what needs to happen. Cause that's the first step as you know, is like trying to, with any, whether it's depression or like substance abuse or anything is like having to identify. And then, then you can, once you know, it's there, then you can tackle it.
3: Yeah, it's also funny too. It's like they say it's like one in four. And for me, like I had to ask a lot of people. Even I, even I asked my mom. You know, I took her to um, um, where we go this for Christmas, um, Jackson, Wyoming, and she was like, "You had three mimosas at breakfast." I was like, "I kind of have to because we're about to go skiing, and I'm I have anxiety." And she's like, "How do you? What you were fine last night? We, me and you split a bottle of wine. You're fine." I was like, "See, your your brain can." have three glasses of wine wake up and have coffee and not have to have alcohol again my brain the really the way it works is if I drink more than one like if I have two or three which is not even a lot for me I'm 207 pounds one, you know bigger dude my brain in around 10 in the morning has to have alcohol in it or it starts to kind of freak out and that's just the way that a lot of alcoholics are made was there's something really wrong with them. And it's not like they overdrink sometimes. It's just, it's more of a disease where your brain has to have that medicine in it again. And it was, so it's like, it's like a bad swap meet or like a one for three deal. Like I can go out with the boys, have 14, but I can't work for the next three days. Well, how how am I going to make a living if that's the case, you know? Right. And I could, you know, it's like, I could do it. I could do it. I won't name names of people that do do it. And you have to retox to to do it, which sucks. You know, and, and it makes you feel like crap and your stomach's always hurting and you get ulcers. And it's one of those things where like it gets old because you're on tour and like I'll, you know, I'll jog for like four days straight, won't have any alcohol. Our first tour days Thursday, Thursday night, well, no alcohol to the show, have a couple beers before I go on stage. All of a sudden it's a great show. Afterwards, owner buys me a shot. End up having like seven drinks, you know, Thursday night, Friday morning. I'm freaking out. I wake up in the morning and you know, wake up usually around seven a.m. and I'm kind of like, ooh, I have a lot of anxiety. Like, kind of need a drink again, and like that's just something that it's some people have in their brain where they're it's a very addictive personality, and I'm like that with food. I'm like that with everything, and so with alcohol, it wasn't like. I never punched anybody and I never went to jail I never got DWI never hit a woman. I always treat women very nice. Never did anything wrong except for the fact that like that thing, that chemical imbalance did, did get my brain and I was paralyzed. And I was only paralyzed until I got the alcohol back in my system. And I could have kept that up for 10 more years. I don't think anyone would have known, you know, I fooled my manager, Amy, she was like, I was I'm with you all like last in you know, the last two weeks. She was like with all the time. You're fine. You had drinks. You're the most sober guy there. I was like, yeah, but see, their brain doesn't tell them in the morning they have to drink again. They're fine. They can go to work and have a cup of coffee and be fine. I can't do that. So it was like breaking up with a bad girlfriend. That's kind of what I was saying in my video when I was kind of like tearing up and crying a little bit. And I posted it was. I was like, it was like bre- breaking up with red wine is probably one of the hardest things I'll ever have to do because I love it. It's like, it's, it's like everyone's done it. We've all dated that girl that is so good in bed. <laughs> sorry, did my thing go off? No, you're like, good. That's <laughs> so, that is so good in bed. That, but you know, she's a toxic, a terrible mother, and a terrible <laughs> wife, right? It's like, oh, I don't want to give this up. You're so good in bed. But like, fuck, I'm sorry. We got to break up. You know, this is not going to end well. I'm going to end up on cops or something. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that's what it is, man. And a lot of people have that disease and a lot of that's why a lot of people and there's a lot of people in our scene that that do need help. They're not they're not admitting it and they just continue to drink and they'll probably die in their 50s or 60s, you know, and that shit will be sad. But I don't want to die in my 50s and 60s. I'm 38. I never really. You know, I want to settle down soon and have kids. I don't want to be a joke. I want to make great records. And like it's just not gonna work if I'm always faking it or phoning it in. So that's kind of a decision I have to make. You know, yeah. and it sucks. It really does suck. I think about it. I get depressed like, you know, an hour a day because usually I'm, you know, by seven o'clock, I I'll go to Whole Foods, buy like, a cool like lamb shank, come home and like roast in the oven. I'll be a bottle of deeper red wine, listening to fucking Bob Seeger. And I'm just In the zone, and now I come home and I'm like, I'll make a salad and turn on Netflix. Like, this sucks.
1: (laughs) But tomorrow morning I'll
3: be up. Tomorrow morning I'll be up at eight AM, emailing my agent and working on new songs. Where I wouldn't usually wake up till eleven and not give a shit until I got to drink again around six or seven. So the trade-off is like, what do you want to do? Eventually, go broke and be a joke, or get your shit together and actually have a career. And, you know, it's one of the hardest decisions you'll ever make now. And that's what it is. Sorry. I feel like I talked about that a little too long, but that's just kind of what it is. Yeah.
2: No, no, man. I, look, I totally agree with you because like like you said, you want to recapture the passion like w- when it comes to like, you know, music and everything. You don't want to j- just be going through the motions because like a lot of times when people are going through the motions with things, you don't get your best work. And like I, I got to say, um, I told you this last time I spoke with you, like, I'm not saying this because you're sitting here and I'm and trying to blow smoke up your ass or any shit like that. Like, your record in 2020 in New York uh, was one of my favorite top five records of 2020. I was a big, big, big fan of that. And um, so like, I'm excited to um, at the prospect of new music coming out, because I think what have you got? Two new singles out the latest one, low hanging fruit and then 17 wild horses. Right.
3: Right. And I, we have a third one uh, that's coming out called um, love on a Sunday. That'll be out in the first of May that'll be like one of my best songs it reminds me of like John Mayer meets Texas oh, country. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really great. Alley.
2: Yeah. I'm a, i am I get roasted by these two because I'm a big, <laughs> big Mayer fan and they just will not yeah. give him. they won't give him a chance.
3: <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you a story where you'll, you'll love John Mayer for this. Like, you know, I lived in LA for four years and that's really where I got my degree in partying because there's like partying and then there's like, people in LA, at a party, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, they stay up for three days, just doing cocaine. And you're like, holy shit, this is <laughs> next level. you people are um, crazy. <laughs> I, I, date, I dated a girl that like dated John Mayer, um, for a hot second. And she was like, she's like, yeah, we went to his apartment and we're like making it on his couch. And he got up, went over and played his own record and then came back and was like making out to his own album. And I was like, all
2: right, that's some, that's a that guy.
3: Are you, you either you're a total psychopath or you're just hilarious. I yeah. think he's hilarious. Man. I think yes, he is. He went, so he went sober, uh, uh, two and a half years ago or three years ago. He had to make that decision too. Yeah. The same decision I had to make. Cause he think, was like, look, yeah.
2: I think that's also like he a reason why like uh, he moved out. I think it was like to Wyoming or something like that too. Because like uh, he he, when he's not on tour, like he almost like goes out to his ranch and detaches himself from like the LA scene, which I think is probably like like you said. I mean, it's it's a different animal out there, so you probably kind of have to at some at some level. Yeah, I
3: think you have to. Yeah, there's a bunch of silver people out there because everyone has that story. But yeah, I mean, he's 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 an evil genius in the fact that like. He's Stevie Ray Vaughn, he is Jimi Hendrix. But what he did was, we had a bass player named Chris Haggerty, and Haggerty was working. He was telling me the story when Mayer was coming up, um, in the early, like late 19, 1999, whenever like Room for Squares came out. Um, uh, they, they were playing a small club, like it only held like 200 people. And you know, Haggerty, my old bass player, was working the door, and, and they sound checked. And Mayer's just doing nothing but Stevie Ray Vaughan songs, nothing but Hendrix. He's crushing it. He's not like he's not doing like
1: Mama, you know,
3: he's <laughs> yeah. not doing that. He's he's like digging into like you know the blues and it's dirty. And Haggerty's like this is bad ass, man. Everyone said he was like some like pop joke guy. What is this? Like there's no because he's like it's already pre sold out and it's like all. 18 year old chicks. So he's like, how is this? Wait, how are 18 year old chicks into this like badass shit? I don't get it. So Haggerty calls all his friends up and he's like, dude, you gotta get down here. It's like the next t where Yvonne's down. And so like, he gets like Haggerty said, he gets like, you know, seven or eight people in the door that are like his best friends and he respects as musicians. And Mary gets up there and just does the whole room for squares. Like my body is like the, like the dumbest <laughs> yeah pop shit you've ever heard, you know? And they're all looking at Haggard going, dude, this is a joke? <laughs> this, this, is a, this is a fucking joke? You invited us down for this bullshit? And so like, I think he, know, he knew exactly what he was doing yeah. the whole time. He was John Mayer's oh, yeah. An evil genius.
2: His his music, I tell the guys all the time, I was like his music at the beginning and his music when it became are two completely different things. So it was like if your impression of John Mayer is your body is a wonderland, like you really don't know the artist as a whole, because because like, right. like his last like four records or whatever, have had some like fantastic uh, bouts of songwriting on there. And then also, like you said, the dude can just play a guitar like un- yeah. un- unmatched by only uh, can only be matched by a few people. And uh it, it's just something that you have to uh, you have to almost give a disclaimer when you tell your friends you're like, Did you listen to the new new John Mayer? But it's not your body is Wonderland. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's not funny. your body is wonderland. No, I get that. I understand why they give it. I mean, it's not for everybody and like I don't listen to, I don't really I I've there's like have like four or five John Mayer songs I like and that's that's really sometimes I like, get it, it gets a little too out there for me, you know, but I get it. I get why people like it and, and um yeah, I think the guy really is like one of the, you know, geniuses of our, of our time. He reminds me of like, if Jason Isabel was like Yacht Rock, you know? Right.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to describe his most uh, recent record is like yacht rock. But
3: so, yeah, it's just heard, yeah.
2: <laughs> you mentioned this earlier, and I, I was gonna say like you're probably one of my favorite uh, Twitter follows from the like the Texas scene. And you were mentioning like social media, like the good and the bad of that. Like, h- how has Twitter, I guess, either helped or also sometimes been an annoyance to like your career? In the beginning,
3: it was a big annoyance because I was just getting shitted on by being so open all the time. I mean, I had haters I was fighting off every day. Now I haven't had a hater tweet in like two years. I can't wait to get one because I just clown the shit out of them. And it's like <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. So it's kind of they just know not to poke the bear because I was like, I'm just waiting for it. Because I zone up to it. Someone can like um like someone can bring up something you know dumb I did in the past and I just totally own it and then flip it on them and then they'd immediately delete it. And so back in the day you know, I think now, now with social media, it's all about compassion and like being funny and like understanding. And like, I've been talking about mental health for the past year because I did suffer from depression. I did suffer from anxiety and I've been open, openly talked about it where most men don't want to talk about it. Um, you know, and, and people in Texas country don't want to talk about it. A lot of people in our scene, half of them are scared of me because they know that I will talk about anything where they can't, you know, like I said, I'll never mention any names, but they can't go on social media and say they have suffered from depression. Their agent and manager would call them and try to put them in the program. And people and my fans think it's hilarious and they love it they're so open about it. And I've I've helped probably 10 or 12 people not commit suicide in the last year and a half. I've given people my number at three in the morning and they've called me and I've talked them off the ledge, man. I've helped people that are suffering from depression. I've helped people with anxiety. You know, Twitter and social media uh, has really helped a lot of people And when because people always thought, well, Rich lives a really great life. He doesn't have depression, doesn't have anxiety. And it's like, I really don't. I like live a normal life and I'm just like you, man. And I just have a fun job. I get to go up and play music and travel and see cool stuff. But I'm the same as you, man. And I think it really, social media, I think really has just like helped my career in the last year being so open and honest. And I've seen a big jump in followers and I've seen a lot of interaction. Um, you know, and it's helped my songwriting. It's helped everything. So I think it's been in the beginning It was shaky, but now it's, now it's a lot of fun. I
2: absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter can be a cesspool, but it was way worse at the beginning. In a lot of ways. Oh God. <laughs> I don't think any,
3: I don't think anyone else knew. And I take this, there's, there's a lot of like shit that I tweeted in the beginning. That was a total Jack. I thought it was a joke. I thought Twitter was just a joke. I thought Twitter was a bath. I thought Twitter was a bathroom wall at a truck stop. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's
3: you what I and, thought it was. Well, it's it was you
2: like- and the rest of us in America. We all thought that. <laughs> That's what it was right. in the early days.
3: <laughs> and then it's like someone brings it up. You're like, oh, yeah. in 2014, you drew a
0: giant penis that said, "like, go fuck yourself." <laughs> You're like, oh my god, oh, did I do that? That was 2014. I'm so sorry. Everybody, everybody loves a good dick joke, though. Yeah. Funny.
1: <laughs>
2: no yeah i mean you're right about that because like it's it it happens to especially when people get a little bit famous, like people love to go through their old tweets. And I, I don't understand the motivation of the folks that go out there and want to search people's tweets just to ruin their lives. Cause my, my thing is like, who hasn't said something stupid at some point in their lives when they were young? Cause like everybody's guilty of that. It's just some people have made the mistake of clicking publish on the internet.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. When I was like drunk, my mom followed, my mom was like my Twitter secretary. She'd call me one in the morning and she's like, delete that right. <laughs> now, like I'd be at a bar, and be at a bar in L.A., and I would just tweet out like, "I want to fuck doggy Style tonight." Like I would tweet, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> and my mom would just call me, she's just like, "Delete that right now!" You know, your grandma follows you on I'm like, "Mom, oh, I'm drunk. Like, I don't, I'm so sorry. I don't, I'll delete it." You know, and like. It's, I do was, was looking thinking. back. I was like, that was so stupid.
0: <laughs> I don't know what I was, but thinking it was about Twitter.
3: That. It's just like, that's just like, that's what's on my mind. I, you know, that's what I'm thinking.
2: It's like, it removes the filter. And you're just like, let me thank it. Let me tweet it. Yeah. We've all yeah. been there. We've all been there. So <laughs>
3: yeah. So like, and I delete tweets like once a week because someone will like an old tweet from like 2013 and it's the dumbest shit. And I'll just delete it because I'm like, Oh God. And I'll search words in my Twitter. of Like, did I, Cause it's like, now I'm like, and I'll search, like, did I ever use any kind of weird slur or anything? Thank God I didn't. I in like 40 different words that would cancel me. And I, luckily I was smart enough back then to never like say anything. Yeah,
2: I did this even, even as a
3: joke, you know, it as a joke. Yeah. So yeah. Far.
2: I literally yeah. just did the same thing like a year ago, just because I was like, cause like you said, you may say something as a joke to somebody back 10 to 15 years ago. And it was looked at very differently back then than it would be now. And like I think because of the age that I'm at, like, like I said, I'm 28. Even when I was first on social media, it was first when people were kind of coaching you not to say stuff at like when we got on social media. So I searched a whole bunch of stuff, just like you said you did. And I was clean too. I was like, I was like, I was yeah. like, I'm i kind of impressed that 17 year old me didn't say something dumb. But hey, pat, on, pat myself on the back. Yeah, <laughs> I
3: think I think I knew at some point had enough sense of it. But you know, when we, when we were touring in the van, I thought it was just a complete joke. We would just <laughs> ask fans questions <laughs> that were just hilarious, not knowing that they were sexist. You know, <laughs> right, not right. knowing that they were. Yeah, you know, I would. i never like I, I. I grew up actually in a really. Um, kind of an urban neighborhood. So like a lot of my friends are African-American and Hispanic growing up. So I had a lot of respect and Asian too, for those cultures. So I, I don't, I don't think I ever got even close to touching something on that format and I never yeah. would. It, was, it wasn't something that I ever would touch. Right. But yeah, I think like in the van we would have, it would, I treated it like a locker room and that's like very sexist.
2: Yeah, now it's
3: like stuff where it's like I I probably I probably would have tweeted something like I wonder how many hot dogs can fit in the vagina, you know? (laughs) And I'll like ask that, not even knowing that like we're just fucking wondering. We're in the van. We're just like I wonder maybe like twelve. Can you like fit twelve in there? I don't know. (laughs) Like it's like one of those things where like that's so sexist. That's so wrong. That's just so like not cool to do. I I never tweeted that by the way. I'm just saying I I can only imagine it was something probably that stupid. Um and objectifying, you know, to women. Um so, you know, it is what yeah. that is what it is.
2: One hundred percent. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. But um so yeah, Andy Kyle, if you guys have any questions, jump in. I don't wanna <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, well, when we said that what I was saying, it's like that's every guy when they're a little kid, they're like, hey man, how many Oreos can you put in your mouth? And you just <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah.
3: And you don't grow up. I mean, we, no, we don't, you really don't grow. It's like Keith Richards said, he said, you know, you don't grow up until you're six feet under, you not you know, I'm never, I'm never going to grow up. Oh yeah. I'll still be like six, 68 years old being like, I wonder what her, you know, I wonder what that looks like underneath her, underneath her, you know, it's like one of those things you're <laughs> always, you're, you're always, you're always a kid. Yeah. It, wondering what, what that looks
2: like. Men you know? men definitely are like very, very um immature throughout their whole life. Because the perfect example that happened to us recently was uh one of my best friends got married last year and we went to Tampa, Florida for his bachelor party. And we yeah. had like it was like maybe what was it probably Andy was about what 10 of us or so roughly They were there 12, yeah like 10 that. to 12 something like that and we had like this really badass like uh three four bedroom loft that we were staying in with a balcony over in ebor city and we were sitting there and there was like these um chickens that just lived in the city like they just randomly they were wild chickens yeah. lived in the city
3: what,
2: what, what, city, what city is this? Uh, Tampa. It's an Ybor City. Oh, that part okay, of Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I well, was to say was
3: Florida. I mean, Florida is just yeah. like every chickens live in every city in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <though. laughs>
2: but uh, we were sitting there. And we were just like all on the porch. Everybody was like drinking a little beer and, and like, watching the chickens. And the chickens just started coming across the street. And then we all kind of got to thinking with the what we did next. We were like, you know, the meme where it's like the, all the women are like uh, I bet they're out trying to cheat right now. And then it shows what the guys are actually doing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah, yeah. stupid. We were taking Doritos and throwing it down to the chickens and then pouring beer down on the ground so they could have beer and Doritos. And I was like, <laughs> if everyone's wives could see them right now, they were think we're the biggest idiots in the world, but we were entertained for like 20 minutes.
3: <laughs> no. And that's so true, man. I, I think, I, I think I did have to delete a tweet of me feeding, a. Uh, a seagull, uh, a cracker with hot sauce on it, just to see what it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I would have been deleted. I would have been like canceled by PETA. it would have been like, "That's yeah. torture." I was like, "It's not gonna kill the seagull. He's just going I just want to see like he reacts like a human reacts. Like if he's gonna eat it and be like, "What the fuck was that?" You know? <laughs> and yeah. I think the seagull, the seagull did. He was just like.
0: You could see you know, him just
3: make a face. Yeah,
0: you know he shit all over somebody's car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very, very shortly after. Yeah, that. the seagull runs yeah, forever. Yeah. Like you know, he just tore somebody's car up. <laughs> <laughs> it was a
3: nice like mixture of like just pink just down someone's like windshield.
0: Ow. They probably just washed like, their car too.
3: <laughs> yeah, they just, it was It's beautiful. See, I, I made someone's day. There, it's, but, a, yeah. it's
2: always the car that first gets washed, too. This yep. the one that gets it.
3: <laughs> oh man, I got the um, I got the uh, what's it called, Mister Car Wash, is in Houston. Job in Mister Car Wash there. Mm-mm.
2: Not that I'm so they, they
3: have a they have a program, and I think that they're to lose money on this deal. It's like 19.99, mm-hmm. all you can wash for like a month, and it's an automatic thing. It's real nice yeah. and it like shines a tire. I go through every single day because
1: mm-hmm.
3: I'm like, you know, why not? It's like next to my house, I was like, pop in. Yesterday, like it was raining, and I went through it. And the guys like, "Really, man?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, it. I don't. I don't want to rain on my car. And it's just stop raining soon. So I mean, you know, I paid for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm averaging like thirty cents a car wash. But it's like, it's so. I don't even know how we got on this. Oh yeah, the, the bird on the car. It's like so convenient now because like if if I like walk out of the H E B or the grocery store and I see like one little thing on the car, I'm like, whoop." Right to the yep. car wash. It's like, you know, yep. it's like, dude, we're back in the day, like, you remember back in the day, like, you saved up money for the car wash. You went yep. to the car wash, like, once a month, like, your car got really dirty, but then before you went on a date, you took the car wash, or oh, yes. before you, like, went to, like, a family reunion, you took it to the car wash, you know? But yep. now they're offering these, like, all-you-can-eat Spotify services for, for everything. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll fuck yeah, you we, car wash every goddamn day. I don't give a shit. Hell yeah, yeah we got, it's,
2: it's very convenient.
0: We <laughs> right. just we just got one in my little po dunk town I live in, and it has a subscription service like that. Yeah. So they actually had to change it right after they opened because people would just go through it. And then they go get right back in it. They just, <laughs> keep riding, <laughs> just keep riding it. it where,
3: they were like, no, nah, I see a spot. It didn't get it all the way.
0: Yeah. It's like... so, they, so they changed it uh, to, uh, well, you can only go through once a day. And then people outsmarted them again. Uh, so that your subscription goes by your license plate number because they would go through it on their car and then they'd give the card to their wife or whatever. And then yeah. she would go through it on her car and they're only paying for <laughs> one car. So they were just,
4: they were just tearing them up. Tearing them up. Yeah. yeah. The, I remember yeah. when we first got that too, the first month was free. And I remember everybody's like, yep. I'm going every day. I'm only going to keep it for a month, but I'm going every day for this month.
3: <laughs> right. Like, why wouldn't you? I mean, that's, yeah. I know that's hey, where the music industry has gone. I mean, this is supposed to be a music podcast, so we can like dive into Spotify, but it's just like, I used to go, we used to make two, $3,000 a month selling iTunes singles. And now we're lucky enough to trickle in four or five hundred. And that's like with, you know, like you don't make $500 until you make, until you get about 150,000 streams.
0: Really? Oh, wow. It's
3: insane.
0: I mean, like, you, know, you know how many
3: streams that is? And so it, it's it's wow. like, I, I can't wait for the all you can eat steak at a restaurant for, for <laughs> you know, $19.99 a month. I'll, I'm just going to go every single day. Yeah, well, I
2: would, Lunch and dinner. <laughs> lunch I would have
3: dinner. Yeah. Like until, a, until I get colon cancer I'm just going to be like I'm not a motherfucker I paid on yeah. putting y'all out a lot of business
0: oh I would be I would have my own show on TOC I'd be the thousand pound brother to the thousand pound sisters <laughs> that's fine
3: man we'll get yeah. you like a pimped out rascal scooter I'll probably be yeah. in the rascal next to you like yeah. hey,
0: rich we're going to the steakhouse again, <laughs> again. I'd be like whatever man
2: whatever <laughs> hey we paid I'm for it <laughs>
3: I'm getting them. Yeah.
2: So uh, you mentioned Spotify. That's something that I always do like to ask artists, especially like when it's um, artists that are kind of more in the independent uh, space. Like what is your, cause I get different opinions from different artists. Every time I talk to them, what is like your opinion on Spotify? Like, uh, do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it kind of a mixed bag?
3: No, I, I like it now actually. Um, because it's like a necessary evil. Like when I check my stats every day. It'll say like, you know, 1200 new people listen to you where back in the day, like, if you want to iTunes to buy my music? You heard it on the radio or you heard it in your buddy's car. Mm-hmm. And then you went and bought it. Now it's like, you see, the thing that we're always going to have control over is price of a ticket. And we make a lot of money doing that. Now you can. So I think that like, I'm totally fine with it. I basically now record records as like a business card. And so when I spend, I invest that money, I don't expect to really get it back anymore. I just want Spotify to send it on the release radar on the, you know, if you turn on Josh Abbott radio, you're going to hear Rich O'Toole. If you're on Bart Crow radio, you're going to hear Rich O'Toole. Awesome. That is shit didn't happen back in the day. So like now when you hear that and you're like, okay, let's go see Rich in concert now. It's like, well, it's $15 at the door. Right. So if I, if, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm getting ripped off on Spotify on the, on the backend, but if I can put 800 people in a venue at 15 bucks, that's $12,000. Yeah. So now I'm not worried. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about make, making money on records. I'm worried about getting people to buy a t-shirt and to buy a ticket. And I can always control that. There's not a company that's going to be able to control that. Yeah. You know? So I'm, you know, it's like kind of, you know, it's kind of like, if it's like, uh, it's like a drug dealer. Like if you could stream weed just, you know, one time and then you're like, I kind of want to go see weed in person. Be like, all right.
2: Yeah. Here.
3: Smoke it all so- you want, man. Come, but, but when you want to see it in person, it's going to cost a shit ton of money. You know? Right. So I mean, uh, that's what I'm saying is like, we're well, now we're, now we're getting back Spotify and getting back. Not saying getting back to fan because we, the fans are on our side, but now it's like, look, you're only paying $10 a month to to listen to all you can right. eat. Richard Tool. But when you do come to concert, you're gonna drop thirty on a shirt. You're gonna drop twenty at the door, and that's where we're gonna break even together on this. Yeah, and that's what that's what musicians are figuring out, you know.
2: Yeah, the um that that's generally what I've what I've heard from people too. It's kind of a double edged sword, like you said, because like the payout isn't as much as like iTunes or especially physical copy sales, but the accessibility is there. And I know, like on our end, like as music consumers, like I, I I'm a big fan of it just because of me being in North Carolina. I never would have discovered like your music as easily, or like a lot of the people in the Texas and Oklahoma, like the Red Dirt scene, as easily as I did. Uh, when streaming kind of became a thing. And then like we started this podcast as a result where we get to have like cool conversations with folks like you. So it's like, yeah, it's been kind of it. like a good thing for us too. But it's like at the same time, like I do kind of, I do lament the fact that the payout is so small because it's like Spotify is like literally a fraction of a penny for a stream.
3: Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, for every 296 streams, you make $1. And so
2: and it was, there was a
3: thing too. I remember like being on the phone with Spotify because they're adding us to a playlist. And the guy was like, do you have five iPhones running at your house? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Each iPhone's making $48 a month for me right now. <laughs> yep. It's <laughs> just playing Rich O'Toole 24 hours a day. And he's like, he's, and the guy's like, it's not illegal because you own the masters and it's your music. And, you're, and it's really playing the song in full. It's just so like, yeah. you know, that one iPhone's going to play, you know.
0: it's pretty clever. 300,
3: 485 Rich O'Toole songs a day. I stopped doing that because I was like, that's just, it, I, I always want, I would never want to cheat the numbers. Like I want to go to my Spotify and be like, okay, we're at, you know, 50,000 monthly listeners this month. And that's all organic and it's all real listeners. It's not fucking, you know, 10,000. aren't come from my iPhone. So we know when we play Houston, we have this many listeners. We know when we play Chicago, we have this many listeners. So I stopped doing that in general. Um, start my phone. my phone's on 10%. I don't know. I should have charged it, but. We got plenty of time. Um, yeah. So I kind of, I just stopped doing that, but it's funny. I mean, I, I, I was telling them, I was like, I can go to India, rent a warehouse, get 10,000 iPhones and just retire because I can just, you know, it, I don't even, I think that would be like $400,000 a year if I had 10,000 iPhones doing that. Wow, but yeah. I mean... And that's one thing you could, and people were doing that and people, you can do that or I could, because I own the masters to everything that I put out. So I literally could, and I've seven albums out. I literally can't play a rich show tool 24 hours a day. And it wouldn't play the same song twice. So every judge is in a, Every judge that they sued me would go, well, he's not, he's, he's a weird guy. He wants to hear a song on 10,000 iPods at one time. in warehouse, And you can't control that. Right. You know? He's paying a subscription service, and you could do that. And I mean, I guess if all else failed, I could just stream my own shit and like you know collect the royalty check from them. It's basically like data mining. It's like cryptocurrency for yeah. streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to do that, man. I mean, I also I, I want to I want people to I want to know the numbers at all time, and I want the numbers to be real. Yeah,
0: yeah, I respect um, that. Yeah. Okay.
2: Do the uh, locations where you mentioned, like, we know how many people are listening in Houston. We know how many people are listening in, say, like, Birmingham. <clears throat> Does that kind of help you uh, be able to determine, like, what size venue you could play in a yeah. particular location?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I can, it's, up, it's, up, the cool thing about Spotify is I, on the artist app that I have. It's by the second. I can see who's right. listening to my music uh, right now. And it'll tell me, like, right now, it'll probably say, I could guess it'd be say 14 people are listening right now, like three in Chicago, two in Austin, you know, eight in Dallas, four in Houston. And then it'll say, that, you know, in the last 28 days, you had uh 78,000 streams and, you know, 20, you know, 15,000 in Houston. So then we say, all right, let's just tour those cities, you know, like, and so when even when, even when we get a good offer in like Birmingham, Alabama for good money, I'll email the agent and, um promoter back and said i'm sorry we just can't our our numbers don't add up on spotify we can't come in there yet
2: yeah that makes sense
3: And so they save money i save money it's embarrassing when you show up to birmingham and there's you know 30 people in the front row and the venue's pissed our agents pissed like it is kind of it's like you go where people are actually listening to it now so that's another tool that like spotify gave the artists is you can see exactly where people are at and even yeah. overseas, like we are, you know, one of our biggest like falling overseas is, um, I think, like Finland. So it's like, I think, you know, there's a city in Finland where there's like, you know, 6,000 monthly listeners. And it's like, OK, that one city where they're at, let's book a tour around that and let's go over there and see what we do. You know? Yeah. So it, it's it's a really good it's a really good tool for for touring and and those things, I think.
2: So you're telling us that the best way to get Rich O'Toole to play in Raleigh is to get all of our friends to become big Rich O'Toole fans and play it. Yes, yeah, please. Then, then you'll be yeah. here. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I'll break even, man. I mean, we'll, I'll book. Tell me where to book, and I'll come out there and I'll do an acoustic show. And we could even like do a you know country and cold and uh, and um, cold cans like show. Or we can even call it that, like country and cold fans meet and greet. And you know, maybe if, if forty people show up the first time. Then we we build on that, people buy merch, and then the second time we do it, eighty, and the third time we do it, you know, 120. Um, there's a way to do that, you know. And especially having you know a, a guys like y'all that would actually come out and tell people, like, I don't mind doing that. I don't mind building a market if I know that there's a market there.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, and this is my job. I mean, that's what that's exactly what we do. Yeah, yeah,
2: hey, yeah. hey man, that would be but, badass. I ain't gonna lie.
3: <laughs> let's do it. I'll talk to I'll talk to Amy and Chris in the morning and be like, Hey, give me something out there. Um, and it, you know, it might be just a door deal, but Hey, you know, you never know. Yeah. I got some airline miles. I mean,
0: you know. <laughs> built up a year and a half of it, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, It's
1: like, <laughs> fuck it.
2: <laughs> so, uh, when should, if, if it's public knowledge, if not, you don't have to answer, but I know you said you have a new single coming out. When should, could we expect like maybe a new full length album?
3: Yeah, the full-length like album is pretty much written. Um, I just need to go in the studio and record it. And then it takes it takes about two weeks to really get the vocal done the way I like to do it. And then it takes about two weeks to mix it. Then it takes about a week to master it. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm hoping for late summer. I'm thinking it's going to be probably in the fall, though, like a September release. Um, if not, it'll get pushed to, to 2023 if our single is doing really well that we released in May, you know, low yeah. hanging fruits kind of stalled out at like 10, 11,000 streams. I don't know why that song didn't go way more, way more viral than it was. Um, I think it's just people are with the war and all, oh, there's so much distraction right now that people, it's hard to get anyone's attention. Right. It's hard to tweet out like, Hey, guys, Bill's going to hang out like fruit when like Russia's killing Ukrainians, you know, it's
2: like. Yeah, just, uh, 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 yeah. I mean, it's like I, I saw like and I don't mean this to make light of any serious events that going on, but I saw somebody say today and it's very true. I'm about tired of uh, having historic moments go on back to back to back. It's like every day between the pandemic. Now, this, like it's in, crazy. Uh,
3: yeah, it's like pray for France, by the way. Here's my new single uh, the next day. It's like pray for this school shooting, by the way, here's my new single. I mean, you just look at like a fucking asshole. And I think that's what had a lot to do with mental health was I just couldn't read that shit anymore. Yeah. I mean, remember back in the day there was a school shooting once a year. Yeah. There was a plane crash once a year. There was a, a war once a year. The rest of it was like, you know, shit. There was car accidents and you had someone you knew died, you know, once every three months or something. Now it's like every fucking hour. I mean, it's yeah. like you get on Twitter. It's insane. I mean, it's just like work. I don't want to go outside. Is it even safe to go outside? Like
2: Yeah. Sometimes I, now wonder, I think about
3: it. No wonder, I was, no wonder I was drinking so much. I didn't. I was just wanting to be fucking numb. Yeah.
0: Hey, look, man, I'm not a therapist, but one of the best things I ever did was I kind of relapsed on it, but I nuked social media for quite a few months. Logan calls me out on it because I still do get on Instagram occasionally. Yeah, he tells me yeah. he's never on social
2: media, but then he when I get me. on Instagram, he's he active ca- every single time, and I'm like, yeah, dude, he calls you're me full out shit. Of, He
0: calls me <laughs> out on it. Uh, I, did nuke, I did nuke my Twitter, though. I still get on it, but like, I nuked a lot of the stuff I follow. Yeah. Feels so much better. I thought about doing
3: that too, Kyle, but it was a thing where like, when our engagement's down, our numbers are down.
0: Yeah, yeah. When our numbers
3: are Just, down, then our agent and manager are not
0: just make a burner As aggr- account.
3: As aggressive. And it's like,
0: fuck. Just make a burner account and look at well, the I, 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 I,
3: re- I hired someone, Kyle, to, to do it, and they just suck at it. Like, I'm uh, actually okay. really, I'm really talented at it. So it's like, when I saw them, you know, hey, guys, yeah. come see us at Fort Worth. Here's yeah. our new single. Everyone's like, nah. But if I tweet out, I'm like, oh, I want to eat a taco off a of butt. People are like, fuck yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, we're definitely coming to the show now. You know, like, that's <laughs> yeah. like. All right, look,
0: guys. I got to
2: teach y'all how to be IG. Yeah, yeah you got to flip
0: that. Yeah, I get that.
3: A yeah. lot.
2: A lot of the people that get hired to do that stuff are truly awful at it. Because, like, um, like my my day job, I work in marketing, so it's like we we see a lot of people that are they call themselves social media managers, and they are just truly awful at their job. They're so boring. There's no personality in it, and people can tell when it's someone else running the account very easily because of how people do it.
3: Right. And I mean, that's the thing is like, I think that's why we have pretty decent engagement is people are like, you know, they know it's me behind the, the yeah. deal, you know? Yeah. And no one in Texas the country, they all they'll hire people to do it. You're not seeing, you're not seeing Randy or anyone tweet out personal shit. Yeah. They have, now they're, they're not allowed to, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now then, then on the flip side, there's co-wetso and it's a hundred percent him. Yeah. And
3: that's just the best, that's the best people watching there is, man. That guy gives zero fucks, and that's kind of why he got to where he's at.
2: I know, like he's he's been on private jet recently with Rick Flair, and now he's uh, playing yeah, shows was, with Snoop Dogg. I'm just like, dude, he's popped off really fast.
3: <laughs> he's living the dream, man. I mean, that's just amazing. Um, you know, and I think I think he's good at managing it. I hope I hope he's good at managing. I, I don't want to see anything bad happen to him. You know, like those guys drink a lot. Those guys fucking party a lot, and. It it just takes a sometimes a wrong move to to do you know, bring somebody the wrong way or something. But I think they have it under control. And I'm a giant fan, man. I love that he shook up Texas Country. It was getting boring for a while. Yeah. No. There was only yeah. so much you could listen to where it was like same same song, same this. Here's my new single. Here's this. And here's Wetzel. It's like, I don't want to do cocaine off someone's ass. It's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> that's his country. Holy shit, man. Yeah, let's get, let's get that okay. going on. Yeah, let's,
0: let's fucking warm it up. His music videos just are phenomenal. I mean, yeah, they they look like they don't cost a lot of money, but they're just funny as hell. Just and that's, all, that's all you need, though. Yeah, you know, they just it's great. He had one... Uh, was it is it Colton alone the one he's in the uh the camper, desert? Yeah Yeah. Me, the, yeah. 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 it's just out there with you know rubber ducky floaties just <laughs> yeah. fucking goofballing out in the middle of a desert.
3: Well, I think that's kind of how it all started. I mean, looking back on it, um you know, when this first record came out, it was talking about getting a DWI at Taco Bell, which we could all relate to probably. <laughs> it was him in a fucking you know, above ground pool drinking beer, we can all relate to that. Yep. Yeah. I think that's why he got the following he did is because people were so tired of the same Texas country record, dude in the cowboy hat by a fence, like, oh, Texas steaks, you know, boom. You know, it's like people were just like, oh okay, yeah, I'm gonna listen to it because Texas country it's, you know I get it. Hell yeah, I like beer, you know, whatever. Me and Kevin Fowler are buddies and like he's a he's a fucking genius. But it but people are doing the same shit. Everyone was doing the same thing. He, I think he said, fuck it. He was working construction. I mean, he was working for the city, fucking filling potholes, ripping cigs. And he's like, I'm just going to fucking come out with a great record that talks about real life. And the album covers going to be fucking real life. And I don't know if you wouldn't like it or not. Well, guess what? It worked.
0: Yeah, he carved. out. That and that's kind of what you
3: That's kind of what you got to do is you got to put yourself out there. And that's what I kind of did this year is like, all right. Embarrassing or not, I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna talk real, real shit. I'm gonna get on yeah. social media and say, look, I'm not okay. I'm fucking de- I'm suffering from depression. I'm really suffering from a lot of alcoholism. I'm fucking living a real life. And I think that's like something that every artist needs to do because you're every if you're not transparent, people you you're just fake, man. At this day and age, you have access to being real as possible. And people have real problems and they want to listen to people and they wanna know those problems are real. They don't want you published tweeting for you and being like, so and so is having a great day. It's like shut the fuck up.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Everyone, was like, a bad.
3: Everyone has a bad day. I have 100%. four things bad that happened to me a day, but also five, six great things happened to me today. Yep. You
2: know? Yeah. It's it, people can tell authenticity pretty easily. And yeah, you know, the authenticity pays off. Like I know I appreciate it as like a music fan. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. Browser. Yeah.
2: So, uh, before we get ready to wrap up, Andy Kyle, do you have any, um, uh, like we normally do at the end when we have a guest, y'all have any lightning round questions that we could pop off real quick. I, yeah. I think I'm like I
3: 4%. I should have plugged my phone in. I'm so sorry, guys. No, you're good, it, man. You're good. We'll knock this out of it. If it goes black, just, just cut the, just cut the deal. and
2: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We'll work. Figure it out. <laughs> work. All right. We'll, we'll roll through it quick. All right. Andy, you start.
4: Uh, is what Taco Bell sales actually considered tacos?
3: Uh No. What Taco Bell is is some kind of weird carnival food that is fucking amazing. <laughs>
1: I, All right. guess uh, it, I
3: guess it is tacos and it is Mexican food, but it's just like I consider it carnival food. Like I fucking love it. Mm. I really do love Taco Bell, but it's not a real taco. It's
0: not real Mexican food. It mm. is from outer space. I love it. Agree. My question is, is there a song that if you're by yourself in your car going somewhere, you will rock out to, but you don't want your buddies to know you rock out to it. Or you wouldn't. One play time when I was drunk
3: her. with, uh, I dated this girl named Teresh who was I just I still am madly in love with her. We we had we spent COVID together and um, we'd go and play golf every day. And one time we were so fucking drunk that we played all 18 holes with Don Henley's Boys of Summer on repeat.
1: Oh, <laughs> nice. <okay.
3: laughs> so you can imagine that like a one hole of golf was 45 minutes. We played four hours. We played that song close to three to 400 times and it never fucking got old. Very nice. And I'm just blackout drunk on the golf cart, like, oh, you know, she's got her Ray Bans on. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. But if someone would have saw that, they would have been like,
2: that guy's that guy's insane. <laughs> yeah. Logan? Yeah, so mine's kind of, now that you mentioned golf, I'm changing mine. What is, like, Are so are you, like, into golf a lot?
3: Uh, yeah, I play recreational. Like, I love okay. it. It's fun. So, I'm, I'm we, decent at it. I shoot, like, an 88, 89. Oh, nice. Me.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, that's, like, a career day for me. But, yeah. <laughs> so, if you could play one golf course, what would it be?
3: I played Pebble Beach with my dad in 2018 and that was absolutely incredible. And I actually got an Eagle on six, which was pure wow. luck. But that's like my like tip top. It would I also it would probably be Brandon Dunes. Um I got to play the Wisconsin um monmouth course, which was amazing. Um probably one of the New York courses or one of the like spyglass uh California or uh, Northwest courses like Brandon Dunes um or probably you know the waste management course in scottsdale yeah mm -hmm. um i love that man i love seeing those people throw all those beer on that thing i think (laughs) golf is like getting it back into like billy madison land is like so yep (laughs) not billy madison but um yeah billy madison yeah um i fucking love that for golf you know Mm -hmm. so yeah it would be probably one of those courses yeah
2: I, I can, yeah. I can agree with that. The, uh, waste management thing is, is one of my favorite. If people get so rowdy on that whole one, it's like, I think it's good for golf. Cause I'm one of the younger obnoxious love to play loud music while I'm golfing, but I know the, the old guys, they, they can't oh, yeah. stand it, yeah. but, <clears throat> but they're old. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Golf does. Golf's got young stars, and it needs like a little bit of a, a kick in the pants sometimes. Yeah, so, it does. Yeah, yeah. So, but, and they're doing yeah, that. They're doing. That. Yeah, they're embracing it. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm, embracing I'm it happy does. they are.
2: Yeah. Unlike baseball, who doesn't want to embrace anything
0: fun. <laughs> yeah. But. But.
3: Well,
2: man, we appreciate you taking the time to come on the show.
3: Man, let me know and uh, let me know when you release it. Just send me a DM, and uh, you know I'll hustle it on my end. And uh, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah man. You're Do whatever you want with it. And, uh, you know, hey, let's uh, send, me, send me a couple, uh, DM me a couple of venues in Raleigh and I'll have our okay. agent, uh, put it on the books. And like I said, I'll fly out and we'll try to see if we can build a crowd out there, man. I appreciate you deal, it, man. Yeah, 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 dude. yeah. yeah
2: we appreciate yeah. it. We're big fans. I mean, thank you again, man.
3: Thank you, man. Look forward to it. Yes, sir. Later, buddy. See you soon.
2: Well, for this episode of the Country in Gold Cans, I'm Logan, sitting here with Kyle, Trucker, Andy, and that was Rich Tool. See you next time.